Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Howdy, y'all. You've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Friends and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're super excited to have Jana Earp on the podcast. Jana works at Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers with me. And besides being a co-worker, she's also a friend and I love following all her adventures. But Jana, thanks for being on the show and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. Um, I'm, like you said, Jana Earp. I've grown up in Texas, lived in Texas um, my whole life. I joined the TSRA a little over a year ago. And um, yes, yeah, Tyler's a co-worker, but definitely a friend too. I love uh, boot shopping and hat shopping with her. We're kind of beat off each other. Um, I have a little, what I would call kind of my dream mini ranch just south of Fort Worth. And I married a... Um, Married to Jimmy. He was a friend first. I didn't realize I was in love with him for quite some time. <laughs> now I am married to him and he has three boys and uh, two are married and we just have our little, little farm here and living life. Well, before we dig into this episode, tell our listeners what all you have on your funny farm. Because <laughs> okay. you have everything, but it's so cute and you truly like have bought animals that just would like bring you joy that's a hundred percent what it is it is absolutely just like hobby and passion and whatever needs a home or looks adorable I just have to keep um so I have I have four cows on my property here right now um two of them were born here uh so that's really fun and then I have three miniature donkeys that were all um rescued and truly when they say like animals rescue you it is absolutely true especially with these donkeys they're just like they have my heart completely if, if I could only have one animal again the rest of my life it would be a donkey so that's a fun fact um and then we have countless chickens two turkeys two geese two guineas um two dogs one cat um I have five goats right now and um, yeah, that's all we have at the moment. That's so fun. And you're also an avid outdoorsman. You enjoy hunting. And so I love seeing everything you have going on at home and feeding your chickens and all of that. So thanks for sharing that with us. Well, tell us a little bit about your life before you really got into agriculture or working for TSCR. You know, where did what industry did you come from before you landed in agriculture? So I was in the in energy industry for seven years before I came to TSCRA. Um, I did a very similar job, worked with uh, sponsors at our exhibits and at our um, smaller events throughout the year. We would have an annual meeting and then two big expos. And then I also um, sold publications for or sold advertising for three of our publications. Um, and it was it was great. I worked with a lot of 
landowners, a lot of cattlemen also, kind of a little bit of crossover there. Um, but it wasn't anything that tied back to me personally. You know, it was a it was a fun industry. I had amazing clients, had a great time. Um, but nothing that was it wasn't personal, it was just kind of business. That's awesome. Well, how did you get involved in agriculture? Did you grow up in agriculture? Is it something you've always been around? Or, you know, later in life you were like, wow, I love <clears throat> cattle or I love agriculture. I'm going to get some chickens. How did that happen? So growing up, yes, we had, we had cattle. It was primarily what my dad had. He had a full-time job as well. So the agriculture was kind of his, his second job when he came back home, but um, we had cattle we had chickens. Um, my dad loved chickens. And so I think that's where I got that from. And then my mom bred, raised and bred Australian shepherds. And so through that, she had goats to work um, her dogs on. So we had a little bit of everything growing up. It was kind of just a natural progression for me. I Cows are always my favorite animal. And I just always thought it's going to grow up and have it all kind of like I did growing up. So that's kind of where it all came from. That's awesome. Well, now talking about you're really passionate about agriculture and this way of life. And so, you know, where did this passion come from? From, you know, for me, I talk about when I was in 11th grade, like I discovered like, oh, I could do this long term. Um, so when was that like aha moment that you were like, this is something I'm passionate about? So I definitely think I get my passion from my dad. I just loved watching how he cared for livestock and even in the wild game, like you said, kind of hunting and stuff, just he kind of gave me the passion for taking care of livestock properly and game management properly. Um, I actually didn't know that I could do this as a career until so very recently. So really when this position came open at TSRA, I realized like my passion for real life and my career could collide and I could work in an industry that I live and love. Um, so it was really just a bit over a year ago when I got hired for this job that I realized I could have this career, but definitely growing up, my dad was the catalyst for loving the land, loving the livestock, um, treating animals properly, proper maintenance of everything. Like he was really, really good about, um, teaching us the proper ways to do, to do everything. And I think, watching him be so gentle with these large animals and, and, um, things like that just always inspired me that like, I, I wanted to do what he was doing and, and know where my food came from and, and know how to take care of things and how to feed myself. And so my dad gave me the passion, but then TSRA like launched it into a career for me. That's awesome. And I feel like when, the industry you're working in, or even if it's a company you're working for, you know, really aligns with your personal values. Getting up and going to work is a lot easier than when you're like, man, this is just a job and I'm just doing it for a paycheck. Now I think you're on the same page I am. And it's like, wow, I get to work for the best people and like days might be hard, but overall there's so much joy in what we get to do every day that it makes it so worth it. Absolutely. It is. It's a dream to wake up and work with companies that I've already been buying from or, you know, kind of starstruck when I get to work with them. So it's, it's been such a blessing. Well, what is something you wished all consumers knew? I wish consumers knew how much 
we really care for the livestock that we're raising. Like their needs will become first over our needs. Like they get fed before we get fed. When these brutal winters are coming, which we don't have many of in Texas, thankfully, but when it happens, we are making sure that they are safe and sound before we are. So really just that it may, there's a lot of criticism, a lot of negative um, thoughts around the beef industry or some agriculture. And just that we care so much about the well-being of the livestock. Um, and they really, you know, we take good care of them and they in turn take good care of us. But there's a lot of love and time and um, energy that goes into them. I so agree with that. And I'm with you. I wish the everyday consumer could see that. And so what is a piece of advice you wish you had given your younger self or you would go back and tell your younger self? I would definitely tell my younger self that you can't make everyone happy. <laughs> I love, um, I think there's a meme or a little saying that's, you know, you're not an avocado. You can't make everyone happy. And I love that because you can't. So you really just be true to yourself, follow what you want to do. When you have a gut feeling and want to make a decision on something and others around you may not agree with it or love it, just go with your gut and do what you know you need to do because it's you at the end of the day and you're just not going to make everyone happy no matter what scenario you're in. So just don't worry about it. That is so good. Well, not on the questions I sent you, but because I'm genuinely curious, you lived abroad for a little bit. I found this out the other day, I think at a bull cell. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about what prompted you to move abroad in your time abroad? So yes, after I graduated, I needed some change, um, some change in scenery, some change. Um, so I, I told, I had a breakup really. And I told my dad something needed to change and that I was going to move overseas. And he kind of smiled and nodded at me because I, I come up with these adventures all the time. And um, <clears throat> two weeks later, I was living in London. <laughs> so I just packed up and moved there. Um, I had a little tiny, tiny apartment where the window wouldn't close all the way. So when it would snow, it would snow inside my bathroom. <laughs> it was, it was rough for a little bit, but it's where I truly feel like I grew up. I learned to, you know, be on my own and take care of things. Um, I ended up teaching English to refugee women who were fleeing from the war that was happening in Afghanistan and Iraq and all that. So they came to London, not speaking English. So I was teaching them English, which was also a learning curve for me because it's King's English over there, not Texas English. <laughs> so that was kind of um, interesting. And we really bonded over making food together. And once we did that, they kind of trusted me and we went from there. And um, so it was it was a wild adventure that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. I love that so much because you're saying you bond over food. Like who doesn't bond over food? Food is right. best. <laughs> Very true. So if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? I think my billboard would say, God can't drive a parked car. And it's something that my dad always said to me growing up. And it, he just meant like, if God gives you a passion or a dream for something, you can't just sit around and think, oh, it's going to happen one day. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be working in this industry that I love, or I'm going to have my own ranch or whatever it may be. So definitely put steps forward to accomplish the goals that you want, that desire that God put in your heart, you know, put steps forward to, to make it happen and just live every day. Like 
your goal is happening in the moment and just kind of don't just sit around and wait for it to happen. Take the steps and then trust that God will let everything fall into place. That is so good. I always say, I think God opens doors, but you got to be walking and you kind of got to be hustling because he's not going to put passions and desires on your heart that, you know, he doesn't want to be fruitful in your life, but you've got to do the work too and meet him halfway. He's not just going to be like, here's X, Y, Z, you know, you kind of got to, you got to work for it. Um, and so I, I really do love that. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Well, wrapping up the podcast, something that I think our listeners would really enjoy is how did you get into this career? How did you learn that sales and advertising was for you? And you'll even admit like you're kind of an introvert, but you really just, one thing you've told me before is like the worst they can say is no. So you ask. And I think that's so unique because not everyone has that perspective. So how did you get into this career field? So I just took the job in the energy industry as um, sales, and it was something I'd never done before. And I would tell you that I am bad at sales, but I'm good at relationships. And when it comes down to it, it is all about the people and it's all about relationships. And I had an incredible, incredible mentor. I'm still very close with her. She was the VP at my last um, company, and she just really taught me the importance of being flexible. You know, not every, every package is perfect for every client. And so just being flexible and focusing on the person and yes, the worst they can say is no. And sometimes it's no right now, or sometimes it's no to this specific product, but not no completely. So same thing with God can't drive a parked car, you know, maybe it's just a different avenue you got to go down. So I, I am an introvert. It is um, not my comfort zone to go out and, and call on people or walk into a, a networking event by myself. And it's one of those things I'm really proud of every time I walk away from <laughs> Um, so I would say if you're considering a, a career in sales agriculture area and you think you can't do it, I promise you can. If I can, anyone can. And I would be you know, happy to answer questions or anything about it. But um, it's definitely all about relationships. If you can have a positive relationship, then you can succeed in, in sales, sponsorships, anything like that. That is really true. And I see that on my end of things, too, in education. Um the relationships I've built, people are more willing to say yes when I ask them to speak or when they need someone and they come to me when we have a good relationship and we're willing to work together. You also talked a little bit about, you know, creating a package that fits your customer. And so how are some ways you do that? And is that something you just learned as you go? Like, you know, clientele, what they need. And so you're willing to adjust advertising or sponsorship and what that looks like for them so that you continue a, a good relationship with them. Yeah, again, I think this came from the, the mentor I had and she gave me a lot of creative freedom. Um, I was never you know, afraid to throw something out there and try it that she may come back and say, no, we can't do that for our client. So I have to give her so much credit for just letting me have some creative ability and then go to the client and say, you know, if there are certain clients, you know what their, where their niche is, where you want to do um, all in-person events or all print advertising or all digitals. And then there's some that you have no idea. And so asking them like, what's worked for you in the past? What do you want to do? Um, and then just get creative. We can try this one time and if it doesn't work, that's okay. But I think being flexible goes a long ways when people see that you're willing to work with them and be flexible. I think they're more willing to put some money on the line, put some money on the line and just really 
um, work with you too, knowing that you have their best interests at mind. If your client doesn't succeed, you're not succeeding. It is not about you closing the sale and being done. If they're not successful and that, if that's not your number one goal, just stop now. So I think being flexible and having packages that work for them is, is key. And then when you see them succeed, it's so exciting. And of course, they're going to come back and want to work with you again. But how great is it that you just helped somebody? Well, and you've mentioned mentorship. How important do you think it is for people, you know, my age, girls in college, or really in any age you can find a mentor, but how important do you think mentorship is and having someone speak into your life who's walked down the road you're fixing to walk down or one really similar? I think it is everything. If you can connect with somebody and there's some mutual respect and you trust them, I think it will get you so much further down the road than you would just on your own. Um, those life experiences, like I love sharing what I've been through, um, but I love even more sitting in a circle of women that are so much more smarter than me and have been through it all and just have the wisdom and and taking advice from them. And um, even my husband, he's in sales too. And even though it's a different industry, we will play scenarios off each other and I'll ask him, what would you do if you were me? And a hundred percent of the time it is different than what I would do. So just having some outside perspective and, and somebody that has wants you to succeed also, uh, it's such a great feeling. And then passing that down to somebody else of helping them kind of succeed and navigate the waters. I just think it is number one. If you don't have a mentor in some area of your life, like seek it out. That is good. And I love you talked about, you know, Jimmy brings fresh fresh perspective because he's in a completely different industry and guys just think different than girls. Very true. <laughs> so I love that. Like if I asked my mom something, my dad would give me a completely different answer because he's not even on the same wavelength of thinking as I am. That's very true. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners are really going to enjoy this episode. Thank you so much. I just want to say like, I have loved getting to know you this last year and watching you grow. And I am so honored to be on this podcast and I can't wait to see the things that you do. Cause one day I'm going to be like, I know her. Well, you're too sweet. Thanks for keeping up with my crazy adventures. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>